for the June Station Appeal. This podcast was not produced in the studios of Community Radio 3CR because the doors are shut to protect you and the community. So I'm actually recording this between some fool on a jackhammer and another fool who's compacting garbage in a truck. So don't complain about the quality. But the station needs you. I don't need you. And if you want independent, valuable community radio, creative radio, well, then you need to support 3CR. And even if you're not interested in community radio and you need a tax deduction, now's the time to contribute to the June 3CR station appeal. And you can do it in two ways. If you're intelligent, unlike me, and use the World Wide Web, you can donate by going to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And if you're like me and you've still got a checkbook, you can write a check to 3CR and send it to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. Or donate to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. And remember, do what the rich and powerful do. Get a legal, legitimate tax deduction by donating to your favourite community radio station. But the only proviso is we've got to get the money in before the 30th of June. You have tuned in to 3CR's program, Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please connect with us on Twitter at bcd3cr or email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. I'm Dean Lim and this is my chat with Kevin Jones about workplace health and safety. Welcome back Kevin, we're to uh, part two. Thank you very much. Last week we were talking about basic occupational health and safety in regards to especially brothels. Uh, Last week we also talked about uh, worksafe inspectors visiting various premises. So, Kevin, what might actually prompt a WorkSafe inspector to schedule an inspection of a brothel? Oh, a large number of, of inspector visits uh, come as a result of notification from members of the public who might have, uh, you know, driven past a workplace and seen something outside the work outside that's that looks unsafe, people on tops of roofs or whatever else. And it may be the same thing with uh, brothels and with the sex industry is that it just doesn't look right. So that could be members of the public from outside, but it could be uh, customers, clients who've raised an issue that uh, that they think WorkSafe uh, needs to have a look at. And, of course, the notifications can come from workers who can uh, call up WorkSafe's advisory line and say, look, I need some advice on this. It's it's happening in my workplace. And an inspector may uh, decide that an, a visit from them is the best way to, to deal with it. Last week, we also talked about some stats that were on a website called sexworklawreformvictoria.org.au. And on their website... Uh, for health and safety, they showed stats from 2007 to 2018 of the types of hazards reported to work, 
say, Victoria in brothels. And the top three that we mentioned last from last week were fire safety, equipment falling, as in maintenance hazards, as well as carpet trip hazards. These are like, I, I guess, would be the main hazards that inspectors would find in licensed brothels. Are there any other kind of other hazards we need to be aware of? For decades, uh, occupational health and safety has looked at uh, physical hazards, falling from heights, electrical uh, safety, and, and a whole range of physical uh, hazards. That's been fine. That's, uh, you know, if, if people are dying and being seriously injured by those hazards, that's a, a valid approach. The last 10 years, there's been a big increase in the awareness of psychosocial hazards or psychological hazards that are related to work and could be workplace mental health, different terminologies for the same thing. And that is just as business operators uh, have to provide a safe and healthy work environment, that definition of healthy includes mental health just as much as it does physical health. Now, it's taken some time for the health and safety profession and for the regulators to get their heads around exactly what that means. And it's still a very much a work in progress. So I think that the issue of the mental health of sex workers is probably an emerging issue and will get attention by health and safety regulators in the, in the future. With safety hazards in the workplace, who can report them in a brothel? Anybody. Okay, so a sex worker or even a client can report these matters to WorkSafe? Yes. Can people report these anonymously? Yes, they can. Well, that's good to know that people, you know, can have that anonymity. And so if a, if a sex worker in a brothel notices dangerous workplace practices, what are their options for reporting it and who do they actually report to? There's a step that they need to do uh, prior to reporting it externally. And there is an obligation on uh, workers and, and employers and everybody in a workplace to, if there's a hazard, that they need to talk about it and see if they can't fix that hazard by themselves and, and within, uh, within their own resources. So there's a, an obligation to consult on health and safety. And it's it's a core principle. And it is something that uh, even if I visit my clients and they say, look, we've got a, a problem, I say, well, you know, have you brought it up with the business, the building owner or the manager, um, uh, because that needs to be done as a, as a first step, because most problems can be solved at that level of consultation. If, if it can't be, the option is to contact WorkSafe and ask for advice, and uh, their response may be just advice, but it may also be that they think that an inspection is justified and they'll organise for one to come out. Mm. So it can be notified to anyone, or, or a concern can be raised to WorkSafe by anyone in the workplace. But there is there is another element to this too, is that there are in the law, there's something called a notifiable incident. And those are certain categories of injuries and harm that must be notified to WorkSafe. And that, that most of the time, they're traumatic injuries. They're either fatalities or amputations or, or serious cuts and, uh, and those sorts of things. So there are times when an employer must notify WorkSafe of certain incidents. But as we've seen from the statistics in the sex work uh, law reform site, is that very rarely do those serious level uh, level of serious injuries occur so it's unlikely to have uh, to be notifying WorkSafe of those sorts of things but there is an obligation that does exist and it may be valid in some circumstances right and and if a WorkSafe inspector does 
or detects a workplace safety hazard, who is actually responsible for removing the hazard? Is it the brothel owner, the sex worker who works in the brothel? The primary duty is on the owner of the, the premises or the, the operator of the business. They have the, uh, the primary duty to provide a healthy and safe work environment, so it is their uh, obligation to fix it. However, they also they have, as the process to fixing that, they must talk to the workers um, about the issues and see which is the better and most effective way of uh, solving the problem. So there is that consultation, but the ultimate decision making, the primary duty, is on the the operator of the business or the employer to to fix the problem. If the goal is to maximise the health and safety of sex workers in brothels, what recommendation would you give to government about what needs to change? Uh, well, the, the biggest one is, and it applies in all sorts of issues, but it's reducing the stigma or to remove any stigma about uh, this industry as being any different from any other industry for the purposes of occupational health and safety. Um, just as uh, as other hazards and other industry sectors quite often have codes of practice or guidances or written advice that's been provided by the, the WorkSafe organisations, I don't see any reason why the sex industry should be any different. If and when Victoria decriminalises sex work, would WorkSafe still regulate and inspect sex industry businesses? Yeah, I don't think there's any any reason why it wouldn't. It might step up the number of inspections it's taken or it may participate more in coordinated inspections from other agencies. WorkSafe's aim is health and safety. The legal status of the business or the um, worker status of whoever's working in the in the brothel is not is not the core consideration of WorkSafe. So as long as there's a health and safety issue, uh, WorkSafe uh, will provide advice and will uh, will inspect and enforce. Mm. Are, are you concerned that decriminalisation of sex work in Victoria will make brothels less safe than they currently are? Well, I don't I don't think so. But the sex industry hasn't had the best level of information and explanation that it could have got, and certainly it's less than in other industry sectors. So there's certainly, uh, there certainly needs to be more explanation about occupational health and safety in this sector, and whether it's uh, decriminalised or not, or unlicensed or licensed, there is a need for more uh, detailed information and clear, plain English guidance on, uh, on how to make this industry more, more safe and healthy, but also to establish a bit of a benchmark about, uh, about what a safe and healthy brothel looks like. That's a good point. I mean, we, we just need clear information and resources. And I think the, the stigma that the industry has had, I mean, the, the, very, the OHS regulators and the public servants are, are, you know, just as subject to the stigma and the concerns and the, the mystery of the industry, just as much as anyone else. If the industry can't get health and safety consultants to come and give them advice um, on uh, when, when it's needed, the same hesitancy is there in, in some of the regulators uh, on health and safety. It shouldn't be. And I think it's changing, but I think the um, the current sex work review being undertaken by Fiona Patton could have uh, substantial benefits in destigmatizing the industry and uh, making more resources and advice available to uh, to workers and owners. Three. 
Throughout the month of June, we'll be asking you, the listener, to support radical community-owned media during our June Station Appeal. We'll be taking donations online to help keep the station going for another year. Like so many community organisations, we're feeling the impact of COVID-19 restrictions. And we know you are too. But independent community media is more important than ever. And we hope you can show your support with a donation. The 3CR Station Appeal starts on Monday the 1st of June. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. 3CR, here to stay. When Victoria decriminalises sex work, how would the regulatory role of WorkSafe change, if at all? I don't think it would, but one of the one of the um, the difficulties that's happened over the last couple of years is uh, there's been some amendments to sex work legislation where that legislation has been primarily dealing with licensing of premises and and what needs to be done as part of the conditions of that license. Health and safety has always been regulated, you know, by WorkSafes uh, and and the various OHS regulators. So I think what you'll have is that there needs to be far more discussion and coordination between various regulatory bodies in at state level. It could be health, it could be consumer affairs, it could be WorkSafe, and they need to be able to provide consistent safety information to the industry. At the moment, it's a little bit confusing about who gives what information and which one should I follow and and all of that. It needs to be coordinated and needs to be basically one voice, one pathway to health and safety advice for the industry. One of the terms of reference in Fiona Patton's sex work review will specifically consider, and I quote, workplace safety, including health and safety issues and stigma and discrimination against sex workers, close quote. I've read your blog, so I know the answer to this. Will you be making a submission to Fiona Patton's Sex Work Review? Uh, yes, I will, and I'd encourage um, everybody to uh, who's interested in this sector, any review of any industry needs as many voices and positions and as it possibly can get. The more creative and the more constructive those suggestions are, the better, because a lot of inquiries get um, a lot of complaints but very rarely do they get information uh, about how to fix something or how to improve a situation. So um, I'll certainly be making a, a submission to the sex work review. It'll probably be a, a, a you know sort of a boring or a very plain submission in terms of these obligations for health and safety have existed for years. They just need to be activated and and used and understood by the industry. So the you know my my submission will be including the issue of consultation communication um clarity of of duties addressing that issue that you mentioned of the australian tax office uh, ruling in the last show uh, those sorts of things need to be ironed out and they need mm. to be clarified so it it will be an informative submission but i i wouldn't uh, you know take it to bed and read it instead of a you know a netflix program or something <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, I this, <laughs> maybe this is a fascinating area of of law, and that we all need to be involved with. Because, as you were saying before, it's about you know workplace safety for the workers and the people who enter a, a premises or a business. 
Can I just say something, Some uh, maybe one last thing, or certainly this thing where um, there's more and more attention being given in health and safety about the prevention of harm. It's, something, it's a word that doesn't get used a lot in the past. It's turning up a lot in, in discussions about health and safety. And of course, harm is useful in both. It can be psychological harm and physical harm. But if we focus on the reduction of harm, we're automatically addressing that issue of, of worker health and safety. It humanizes the, the, the action a little bit more because we're dealing with a reduction of pain. We're reducing distress. We want people to be able to work effectively and uh, in a safe and healthy manner. So I think you'll see some a bit of a change in some of the health and safety terminology. It's not going to be, uh, you know, uh, sort of very bland language in terms of, you know, issues, you know, hazards and those sorts of things. We're actually going to be talking about the reality of what those things mean. And that's uh, that's the harm that's faced by uh, by workers every day. Well, thank you, Kevin, for your time today on Behind Closed Doors. Where can our listeners find more information and connect with you? Uh, well, certainly the easiest way is to uh, just search for Safety at Work blog. You'll certainly find me on the, on the internet and, and the blog articles there. Some of the blog articles are, are free and, and accessible to everybody. Some are, are to subscribers only. But I'd also say that there's an increasing number of uh, amount of good information as more and more people start to uh, start to understand that the industry um, uh, needs more assistance and more resources. So uh, so certainly, you know, more than happy for people to contact me through the Safety at Work blog. Certainly, you know, read the submissions that are being put up at the Sex Work Review, because I think that's going to be the, the best, most current source of information about uh, health and safety in the industry. Can't wait. 2020 is shaping up to be an amazing year for sex work uh, law reform in Victoria. Thank you for your time again, Kevin. Happy to talk to you, Dean, and thank you very much. Throughout the month of June, 3CR is running a station appeal. We're asking you, the listener, to donate to keep the station going. 3CR relies on the support of our listeners, but we know that many of you are doing it hard. So if you can't, we get it. But if you can, head to 3cr.org to make your tax-deductible donation to the 3CR Station Appeal. You've been listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital radio. I'm Dean Lim and I've been chatting with workplace safety expert and blogger Kevin Jones. Now, Sassy Sin and I will be chatting about our experiences working in Victorian brothels. Hi, Sassy. How are you going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, glad that we're slowly having the easing of coronavirus restrictions. Almost and... getting back to normality. Yes. We've some... been craving for it. Can you imagine? Oh, no. <laughs> I, I just can't wait to get back to work, but that's another, I know. another episode. We have to discuss that, yes. Mm. All right, so with workplace health and safety, especially in brothels, which is what uh, Kevin Jones was talking about, mm. what's been what's been your experience working in Melbourne brothels? I mean, there's always good and bad. Mostly good, I guess, because there's money coming in. Of course, uh, we I personally have a face with the um, health and safety in brothels. 
And I did listen to uh, Kevin Jones' uh, interview, and he did mention the top three uh, the hazards would be one of the carpet tripping mm. goggles. And I experienced it myself twice, and it broke one of my $450 high heels. <laughs> oh, no. So yes. was this in the same brothel or different brothels? Totally different brothels. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, so it happened twice? It happened twice for me. One is in the first brothel that I used to work for. Um, and the, that place is filthy. I mean, it has all the furniture has been there, never been cleaned for since they opened the brothels in the late 90s. And... Um, and the living condition in that is, yeah, it's just gross. We just there because that place is always been very busy with mm-hmm. clientele. Um, so, but the carpet, oh my goodness, it's 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 torn and it's it's yeah, you can trip easily. A lot of right. girls have tripped anyway. I'm one of them. So okay, so with with the carpet, were workers expected to wear high heels? Yes, we are expected to wear high heels. Right. Uh, Every time you go for an introduction. Yes. And when you did trip, did you report it to the, to the managers on duty? Uh, I'm pretty sure we, we have said uh, loosely saying like, oh, this carpet needs to be fixed. But we didn't demand because we didn't, I actually personally didn't know that we have workers um, rights. Um, about health and safety in brothels. I just found out when I listened to Kevin Jones. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but when you did trip, did the management even care that you you had a fall? Not really, because I didn't really have I didn't have a bleeding knee, or because I, I didn't really hurt myself, but I did fall. But oh I didn't really gosh. hurt myself badly. And and in the second brothel where you had another trip? Yeah, it, that was actually on a staircase. Okay, and was this, what happened with the staircase? Was it carpeted? What is it? Wooden? Yeah, it was it was carpeted. The staircase yes. was carpeted, and there's also like um. You know, the carpet has torn a little bit and then yes, um that yes. uh and it caught my heel. And oh, gosh. And it broke my heels and I fell off the um um the stairs as well. Oh my gosh, but and then I, okay. and I got bruises, but it wasn't as bad as just bruises and and we never talk about it. You get what I mean? Because we didn't know that we have um rights, uh workers' rights on in brothels. But in the second brothel, yeah, wouldn't I mean, did, did someone say something to the managers or did you report it or, or say, look, I've fallen, Can't you know, it's because of I, the carpet? Actually, actually I'm, I can't remember if I tell um, the owner about the carpet, but after a few weeks, it happens to other girls. So we end up um, using a scissors and trim it ourselves. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. So, so that's what we did. Okay, okay. Yeah, so um, I'm pretty sure the, the owners knows that a few of the girls have fallen due to the carpet um, faulty. So, but I don't think he, he did anything about it. I think that, you know, when things happen, we all know we have rights now. Yes. Uh, oh, my and, goodness. Yeah. It's a bit too late for me because I don't work in Brothers anymore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, me too. But it's it's good to know it's good to know our rights. Yes. And it's good to know that we are able to do something like, you know, talk to the owner or the managers and say, look, you know, this is what's happened. We need it fixed. And if they don't fix it, then we can have the right to report it to work safe. Actually, th- this is good information. 
And also Kitty had said about the fire escape door. Yes. Most of the brothers that I work also have their doors locked, which oh I don't understand what. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary. Yeah, I know. And then when something like that happened, then the manager has to go at the back and unlock the the gate or the door. So mm. a lot of a lot of issues. A lot of issues. Yeah, I think we have a lot to discuss, and I think we should have another show oh, talk yeah, totally. about our experiences in brothels because between the three of us, I think we've got a lot, a lot of uh-huh. stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Any other news that you know you can report to us? Yes, we have the Voices of the South Side. Voices of the South Side is offering help uh, in this tough time for the LGBTQI plus uh, people who live only in Port Phillip area, facing like financial issues like bills and rent, or even getting stuff for their house or food and etc. So yeah, they're offering uh, funds for people who are in need. Okay, so who are the Voices of the South Side? Voices of the South Side is a partnership between Project Leaders Port Melbourne Neighbourhood Centre and partners Inner South Community Health, Port Phillip Community Group and South Port Community Housing. Mm, it sounds like a really good organisation that's wanting to help people. A couple of um, sex, um, ex-sex workers who um, are going through financial issues and they already help them, so which is good. Mm, no, it's great. It's great. It's yeah. good to see that there are other initiatives in communities helping sex workers as well as you know people from the LGBTQI Q, uh, communities. Yeah, no, yeah. It's great. That's really great. Really great. People who wants to get in touch with us, they can go to BCD3CR Facebook page and just email me and I can send um, uh, the details to Deb and Robin. Okay, great. We'll put a link in our Twitter and definitely mention that. I yeah. think that's a really yeah. good um, idea, Sassy. Really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of Behind Closed Doors. Thanks, Sassy. Chat with you next thank week. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Dean. Next week on Behind Closed Doors, we are going to be the first to announce a major collaboration in relation to Fiona Patton's Sex Work Law Reform Review. So this is major news, everyone. Stay tuned. Next Thursday, Behind Closed Doors, Australia's only sex worker radio show on 3CR 855 AM and digital radio. This is Kate Bush with Ariel. Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR.
You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. (laughs) 